an old friend of mine who is now in Mumbai city. <laughs> he, he lives in London town. Woe betide that I'm not there to give him real life hugs and it has to be virtual hugs yet again. How are Rishi. you? So wonderful to see you. Yeah? Rishi, you've broken my heart, man. I came all the way to Mumbai to see you and you're all the way in Bangalore. What the hell is this? <laughs> well, such is life and the travails of our working life, my friend. But soonest, soonest. I have to, I have to promise you that. I am just very beautifully, beautifully surprised at seeing you as an anchor. For those of you who are living under a rock, Amish uh, is the anchor on Legends of the Ramayana, 7th of April on Discovery Plus, which is a beautiful digital platform. And he's doing what he does best, which is tell stories with the help of a few few good people. So was it a yes immediately or were there lots of discussions with the good people at Discovery Plus and of course the wonderful Sujata Kulshesh? Rishi, first of all, yeah, of course, Sujata and Abhi, they're fantastic team. Uh, and I love the Discovery guys uh, as well. Fantastic team that they have out here. You can imagine if someone asked me that would I be willing to host a show on the Ramayana? I don't think it would be a difficult sell. You know, the only thing in my mind was, uh, you know, can I do this? Because this is in a way a bit like acting. So, uh, but look, you know me, man, I like to experiment. I thought, okay, let me let me at least try this. It took a bit of time to work out the, the contours of, of the deal. But, uh, you know, as it happened, and then we jumped in, we shot in, in India for two weeks. We shot in uh, Sri Lanka for a week. It's been fantastic fun. And I got to say, I, I'm being head on, I'm, you know, hand on heart. I used to think that acting is the easiest job there is. Though what I did was not really acting, but I realized it's a freaking nightmare. You're, you know, in the heat, the cameras on you, makeup which is bloody uncomfortable. You know, your back is hurting, and then you still got to pretend and smile and you know deliver a shot. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. I have new respect for. Uh, for those in front of the camera too. <laughs> yeah. And as you know, that radio is no more a pure audio medium. The cameras are out there. And everything has <laughs> become visual. So I, I really understand where you're going through. But having said that, I was insistent and I said, you know, just like everybody has, has a press preview, give me a password protected screener. Let me watch little bits of it. So they did give me uh, one episode. Of course, it's not a whodunit. So there are no spoilers in here. And I have to say, you're very comfortable. I like that you're basically just being Amish on screen except even in your fashion sense, when there is a need for occasion. For example, if you're going in to meet the Prince of Ayodhya, you know, you've got a bit of a bandgala touch yeah. or a, you know, khadi coat going on. But otherwise, it's just you, man, and you're phenomenally natural. And like I said, nobody can do these stories better than you. What intrigues me is the kind of support system you have on this show. There are mythologists, there are authors, there are geologists. Mm. And that goes to make up a very motley crew of people who are telling some very interesting stories because the Ramayana is something that we all grew up uh, with. But how do you make it relevant for a current generation, which might be obsessed with science? Talk about that. You know, the key thing, Rishi, is I heard this wonderful line once that no Indian hears the Ramayana for the first time, regardless of religion, regardless of state they're in, regardless of language spoken, regardless of gender. All of us are born with it, part of our genes, part of our bones. But you know, even if we know the story, even if we are familiar with the story, do we actually know every detail? And I like to think I've read various versions of the Ramayana. I like to think I know a lot. Clearly, I did not know enough. I discovered so many things, uh, you know, in the show. And which is why we needed those experts, uh, you know, to guide us, to give us insights. Like, you know, uh, at Ayodhya, you know, I discovered of uh, Kanak Bhavan, which the, the Prince of Ayodhya told us about, which had been gifted by, uh, uh, by Kekei Ma to Lord Ram and Goddess Sita. We didn't know this, man. 
and they apparently i mean i didn't know this at least at least people uh, you know show me outside of ayodhya i didn't know this uh, we had this geologist you know who uh, took us through rameshwaram and explained scientifically why this could have been the perfect place uh, to build a bridge and he said it's a very different kind of bridge it wasn't like a with pure construction with water uh, water flowing below but it was it was like a natural feature you know a walkway on it and he explained how it would have been done and he, he showed us stones actual stones okay they are coral reef stones i was stunned because they are very strong they were used in portuguese church construction out there the modern era right so he showed us that in a in a uh, you know in a decrepit church but you know we lifted it i could lift it a big massive boulder it was that light so there was actually a stone which was strong enough to be used in construction but light enough to float on water this like intriguing stuff man and you know i think the team discovery put together to really go into stories that we already know but give us much deeper insights into this that's what gives you those aha moments that's what this series is full of you know i remember as a kid being taken to ayodhya by my father and shown the bhavan also i was taken to nemi saranya where they say that shri krishna's uh, sudarshan chakra fell and there's a small talav there and we took a dip in the water but coming back to the science of it there's a very beautiful nugget about a river that never dries up in a cave Yeah, yeah, and is yeah. it is this in chitrakoot or somewhere thereabouts talk about that please this was in chitrakoot man and you know chitrakoot is a place many of us would have visited you know on uh, on pilgrimage and uh, we discovered essentially uh, what has been described in the ramayana uh, the gupta godavari which flows underground you know many of us would think yeah yeah i'm sure you know that's not really true we actually went into caves i got over my claustrophobia we actually went into caves we shot with that uh, geologist in those caves and there was a river flowing in there okay and he showed us uh, you know uh, you know the kind of debris that's less left behind if there's a flood right uh, because a flood carries silt and etc right we saw that inside the cave deep inside he said that meant that this under underground river had carried flood waters at times and this is the remains of that flood whatever many you know centuries ago it's like completely mind blowing stuff here you know stuff which most indians have not seen could not even imagine they may have read about it in the ramayan but they haven't actually seen it they they may not know that's actually true and this was uh, where shri ram used to have his darbar Yeah, uh, yeah. almost like an underground darbar in so, the cave in the gupta right? massive so it's like a small little entry okay you can just go in in a single file out there and then it opens up into a massive cavern it's not just a cave it's actually a cavern right and then it goes further where the river is where it becomes much narrow once again that cavern you can fit 150 200 people comfortably right and there's the you know kind of there's a uh, kind of opening which goes up to the to the ground out there a small one through which air can come it's bizarrely intriguing much before virat kohli and kl rahul made tattoos fashionable for centuries the ram nami community has been tattooing uh, shri ram's name in every inch of their body that's a wonderful another precursor that you can give me uh, and you know this transcends religion it's not about being hindu or sikh or yeah. muslim or anything talk about that please you know this was in chatisgarh and there's this community out there legends uh, uh, legend goes that apparently a century and a half years ago they were not allowed to enter a temple so they said if you don't allow us to enter a temple we'll make up turn our bodies into temple uh, and they said we are so devoted to lord ram that we'll tattoo ram on every single inch of our body and have to see them you know 
on their face everywhere there is ram in the devanagari script you know tattooed out there and uh, their devotion brings tears to your eyes man uh, they are so deeply devoted uh, to lord ram to lord ram's path to lord ram's way uh, you know it's it's in, it's an inspiration for many of us living in big cities uh, you know and so many things can be taught from uh, uh, from folks who live closer to nature closer to our traditional uh, traditional way of life a uh, lovely community ram nami community uh and you can discover this too in the show and i believe they bury their dead that's what i mean about transcending yeah. any yeah. kind of religion you know what you know what the reason for that is they believe that because you know they th- and of course you know the dharmic people we all you know cremate our uh, our bodies except for sages and uh, and uh, you know underage uh, children you know they are uh, buried but the rest of us we cremate our, our bodies but they believe that the body has ram on it right it has ram tattooed on it so we cannot cremate the body because that's an insult to the name uh, ram so they said uh, then we have to bury it like think of their levels of devotion that these uh, that this community have telling you it's it's so inspiring it truly i mean first time i heard of it it brought tears to my eyes seriously you know in all the years of of reading about the ramayan reading your books and also being told uh, you know tales by our grandparents i didn't know for example or maybe i've, I've been told it and i've forgotten that actually Uh, Shri Ram had an elder sister called Shanta, yeah. and that's something that uh, the Discovery Plus series talks about. Fill us in with that, please. Yeah, so so it's like this that uh, uh, this story is there in some versions of the Ramayana, not necessarily in all versions. Uh, that's fair, but uh, uh, apparently the eldest of uh, of the five siblings uh, was actually uh, Shanta, uh, and she was Lord Ram's uh, elder sister, uh, and uh, then she was uh, you know adopted by uh, you know by another family, and then her husband uh, Rishi Rishyashringa is the one who did the Putrakameshi. Uh, uh puja for uh, emperor dashrath lord ram's father so that he could have uh, you know more children and uh, so there is there is a you know a full story which again you know those of us who read the ramayana you know we may know this but many actually don't because it's not a part of you know uh, the completely popular imagination so th- this is what i'm telling you actually this is what this this series does so well that it it you know there is the familiar which everyone is aware of but gives you much deeper insights which you didn't expect yeah and you say it at one point that you, you say it very beautifully you say that you know sometimes you wonder who valmiki really was some say he was uneducated some say he was a poet and then there's a bit of an astrophysics uh, physicist in him and there is the example of the lohar lake uh, which is there in the series i'd like you to talk about it you know he speaks of it in the valmiki ramayana the lohar lake and it is uh, it is a remnant of a massive asteroid strike uh you know many many uh, uh you know millennia ago and uh, you know and of course so it was almost perfectly circular this is in maharashtra and uh, in the valmiki ramayana he had described it right and uh, and the discovery team discovered you know found that same uh, that same lake now of course it is it is filled with water and uh, uh uh, uh valmiki ji had actually described the the their journey lord ram goda sita and lord lakshman to that uh, to that lake and his descriptions fit what we actually recorded today this is what makes it like truly insightful so had he actually visited all these places you know was he uh, uh, so so it, again it gives you that thing you know that you know we all believe that maybe it's not true but maybe it is true yeah that's what gives you those aha moments or rather not maybe we all but many believe that yeah. it's not true but maybe it is true there's so much truth in it
True. Is there something that just blew your mind or did you have a deeply spiritual experience anywhere in one of these caves or in Rameshwaram or, you know, through the Dandak forest, a moment that you could describe very, very deeply? Rishi, I got to tell you across the thing, right? Uh, and this was true of uh, of the uh, the entire crew, right? We had people from all religions, okay, in the in the crew. You know, Hindus, Muslims, uh, Christians, he said, you got to, you know, at some point it started hitting everyone. We are walking many millennia later, but we are walking on land which Lord Ram himself walked on, right? And it starts, after some time it starts starts hitting you. And many of these places we went to, there was just such a deeply emotional uh, experience. So in uh, in Chitrakoot, you know, for uh, for example, like I said, you know, I'm, I am claustrophobic. I get very uncomfortable. But that, and those caves were so tight, right? But I strangely just felt very calm and, you know, and, and comfortable uh, out there. Then in, uh, in Prayagraj and Rameshwaram, at a Sita Amman temple in, uh, you know, in Sri Lanka, where it is believed uh, Ravan had kept her uh, prisoner. And not just me, various people we went in out there. We actually felt sad out there. There were some of us actually crying because one can imagine the grief, uh, you know, she was in. It was a deeply emotional, spiritual uh, uh, experience, the entire, uh, the entire journey. And uh, like I said, I mean, there were people from, uh, you know, from all religions, there were atheists in there, but I guess Lord Ram uh, appeals to all of us. He transcends all the barriers. People that you met, people that you interviewed, for example, uh, you know, there are authors, there are historians, there are geologists, there are sociologists, people who come to mind immediately and you said, wow, you know, these conversations were really meaningful, not just from the perspective of the series, but something you as Amish can take away. You know, the, the thing is that actually this, that, that's what I like most about this series. This was like a mix of spirituality and rationality, you know, uh, which is truly something uniquely Indian. You know, because, you know, the, the dichotomy we are presented with, you know, in outside of India, that you, you can either be spiritual or scientific rational. You can't be both. You know, if you want to be scientific, you have to be an atheist. You know, if you have to be spiritual, then you have to kind of, you know, bow so much to faith that you don't believe in science at all. India rejects these dichotomies. You know, we say, yeah, you can be both. Our scientists will do a Vishwakarma Puja on the satellite before it is, you know, shot up uh, in space. And that's what this series did. It was uniquely Indian in that way that, you know, some of the experts who came along were clearly not uh, religious. I am religious, but some of the experts who came were religious and the conversations were in such a you know beautiful, insightful uh, way where we found the rationality and the spirituality of, of every moment. Uh, and I think that is something that uh, viewers will probably enjoy uh, in, this, in this series. It will appeal to those of us who are connected to our roots uh, and those of us who at the same time want to be scientific and rational as well. Now the Ishwaku clan is something, the dynasty is something that you've written about. Again, I could have possibly read it in your books, but it just startled me saying that Sri Gautam Buddha and Sri Ram were part of, both part of the Ishwaku dynasty. Would you tell us how? Not just that, Rishi. In the three, uh, you know, ancient dharmic religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, right? Buddhism, the uh, founder was... Uh, you know, Gautam Buddha, Lord Ram, very important for Hinduism and Jainism. The first Tirthankar was Rishabdev. All three, all three are from the Ikshwaku clan. Can you believe it? One family which has, you know, uh, gods of such importance for the three, you know, uh, ancient uh, Dharmic, uh, Dharmic religions from the same family, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism. I thought it was a beautiful, uh, you know, story of, of inclusivity and oneness uh, while respecting 
diversity. Okay. How many episodes would you know is the total run of it? Because I know that you start on the 7th of April. I know the first episode, for example, is roughly about 45 to 50 minutes. But, you know, how did Sujata and you and the team envision this to be? Uh, you know, people do binge watch these days. What is the yeah. ideal duration uh, roundabout on how, how how long is the run? How many episodes, for example? No, I, I don't know what the, the distribution uh, strategy would be, but yeah. I know that there are three episodes. So uh, they'll be releasing three episodes. The journey is essentially from Ayodhya uh, all the way to Lanka. So hmm. uh, we're essentially following the footsteps of Lord Ra. So Ayodhya, Prayagra, Chitrakoot, uh, then Panchwati, which is Nashik, then Hampi, which many people don't know is actually ancient Kishkinda. Right. Uh, then uh, Rameshwaram and then uh, Sri Lanka, where we go to Sikaria, uh, which was supposedly uh, uh, Ravan's uh, capital and various other uh, parts as well. So this is this is the journey. I have uh, just been informed that it will be one uh, episode every week. So I oh, can wow. clarify to you. So, Super. Uh, so uh, one what episode I did not every know 45 seconds ago, I know now. So it will be one episode every week. <laughs> that, that's perfectly all right. In any case, you know, people will, will just follow Discovery Plus. My last question is, is the only question I Away from Discovery Plus, how's how's uh, the Nehru Center doing? Uh, for those of you who don't know, you should. Uh, he's director of the Nehru Center in London, which is you know a re- historic center, and um, he's a man of of great privilege. <laughs> so how's that going? And and have you been able to achieve? I, I know that the pandemic was a bit of a hit. You continue doing stuff online, but now that on ground is back, uh, you know how's the year been? Yeah. So firstly, I don't know whether I'm privileged or not, but uh, director Nehru Center, yeah, of course, is a it's a lovely role. It's a diplomatic role. I'm yeah. uh, uh, technically Minister of Culture at the Indian High Commission in uh, the UK and Director Nehru Center. Uh, it's our premier uh, cultural center abroad. It's it's the equivalent of the Indian equivalent of the British Council. And uh, so, of course, the, the pandemic was a bit of a bummer. You know, we couldn't do uh, physical programs. But look, I'm a silver linings kind of guy. You know, don't, don't focus on the dark cloud, focus on the silver lining. What we could do was uh, we moved online very aggressively. So I saw this as, a, as an opportunity. You know, the team also, uh, you know, supported this uh, strategy and actually our reach expanded dramatically so we are not just uh, our reach is not just limited to london right now we of course have a wonderful building in the heart of uh, london in mayfair uh, but now our reach has expanded to the midlands north england wales scotland northern ireland we are truly a, a, a national uh, british brand now i'm also happy that we've been able to expand our reach our audiences beyond just the indian diaspora you know one of the things that i was told when i went out there is that the nehru center has a wonderful legacy uh, but it is in danger of becoming a ghetto right? Rather than a cultural out, uh, which is that we are only talking to Indians. Uh, uh- a, a, you know, a cultural center must be multicultural. We must speak to the native British. We must speak to other communities, which True. we have managed to push with this online program, uh, online programs. And now we've restarted physical once again. We had a wonderful holy program with Donna Ganguly uh, from Calcutta, uh, Shorabdas' uh, wife, and a brilliant uh, classical dancer. Jam-packed uh, auditorium celebration of holy. Uh, we've started the think tank event. So physical is also on. So those of you who are in the UK, uh, do come to the Nehru Center. It's in uh, Mayfair or join into our uh, online programs as well. Sorry for the plug for Nehru Center. <laughs> no, no, I had to I do don't. that. I mean, no, I had to do that because that's such an inseparable part of you. Is there a dip- diplomat that you've met? You know, is there a personality that you met as a diplomat that is, you know, a strike off on your bucket list? Wow, I met him or her. I've met various senior political uh, diplomats, etc. But that may not be a high point for you. But the thing which I do enjoy, which I did truly enjoy, was I met Jeffrey Archer uh, and I met Kevin. You know, I'm a cricket uh, 
hard cricket fan so kevin peterson who i think was one of the best batsmen ever kp yeah 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 so i i met him completely i hope you didn't remind him of the six sixes and yuvraj <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a polite guy yeah <laughs> listen this is so much fun as always all of you listening watching amish anchors legends of the ramayana the 7th of april discovery plus is directed by the excellent sujatha kulshesh thank you for your time i really appreciate it and i can't wait to see you soon and give you real hugs cheers take care buddy. bye